Hello and welcome to Digineer Presents. On today's episode, Gus and Joe welcome our CEO of Digineer, Michael Lacey, to talk about no opening for grit. On this episode, we talk about how gossip, rumor, innuendo, and triangulation can be a detriment to your project. So without further ado, welcome aboard, Michael, Gus, and Joe. Hello and welcome to episode four of the CBM podcast. I'm Joe Colomina. I'm Gus Broman, and this is Digineer Presents. And today, as we talk about uh, commitment-based management, in the first episode, we had an introduction, then we talked about granting trust and being authentic. And today, we're going to talk about providing no opportunity for grit. And so as we talk about that, we brought in our special guest, Actually, the CEO of Digineer uh, and founder of Digineer 22 years ago, Michael Lacey. So welcome aboard, Michael. We're glad you're here today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Really looking forward to this. Actually, since you're here, Michael, can you kind of provide us a history of what you've experienced with CBM through the years and uh, the passion that you had to train all Digineer consultants using CBM? Absolutely. So, you know, CBM or commitment-based management was something uh, I was introduced to probably about nine years ago, uh, actually by one of our clients. I uh, might have even been a little bit longer than that. And uh, it was really interesting for me because as a business owner and especially as an entrepreneur, somebody who's starting and building a business from scratch, everything you do for the first time is is sort of new. <laughs> and managing people and, and, and managing commitments and getting things delivered on time and on budget uh, was something that, uh, you know, as a business, I was sort of learning to do. And I all of a sudden saw that there's actually a method to the madness that you can approach collaborating with people in a way that uh, builds trust and doesn't sort of destroy it in a way that's clear about the outcomes and, and in a way that allows you to really reduce the friction between people as you're trying to get work done. Um, and you know, instantly saw how it could be applicable to us and wanted to learn more and try and adopt it. And along the way, I had, I had a number of aha moments for myself as as I learned about it. Times when I would get really frustrated and say, well, what do you mean I got to explain exactly what I want? They're, they're smart people. They can figure it out, right? You know, things like that. And, and after a while, you just sort of learn that, okay, I, I got to be 100% accountable to committing to make somebody else successful even if they work for me and I'm trying to delegate tasks to them, right? I still have to be involved in it. So I learned an awful lot about that. And uh, in my personal experience, uh, what we're going to talk about today, uh, grit, uh, is uh, one of the things that sneaks up on you. You don't see it coming. When you finally see it and recognize it, it's like, oh, now I know what the uh, what the problem or what the challenges have been so far. So uh, I feel like it's been a game changer for us. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I was passionate enough about to try and implement it at Digineer and get everyone trained on it and use it religiously. Thanks so much for coming today and thanks for that background. And And as we uh, proceed today, feel free to, to bring up any of the other interaction principles that, that you're passionate about. But, uh, but today's topic is provide no opening for grit. So Josie, what is our definition for grit? Well, so we have an acronym, <laughs> GOSSIP, RUMOR, innuendo and triangulation. 
um, which is grit, which is, I mean, all of those things are, are not good. They're bad. When, when uh, in athletics or in recruiting, they talk about you need to have some grit, and that's where you're picking yourself up from the bootstraps and getting after it and running the, through the wall for the coach. More of a perseverance type, type of grit. Uh, true grit, you know, a little bit of uh, John Wayne, right? That sort of grit is is the opposite of the grit that we're talking about. We're talking about a, a very negative sort of workplace environment where you hear a lot of uh, gossip, rumor, innuendo, and you see triangulation, which really infects the workplace, and it makes things a negative experience for everybody. Even the people that are participating in it, and they don't really realize just how negative it is. So our grit is an acronym. And once again, I'll repeat it, uh, you know, what, what you said, re- gossip, rumor, innuendos, triangulation. So let's go down with each of those one by one. So, so Michael, differentiate for us the difference between gossip and rumor, if you would, the first two. Sure, sure. Well, and I'm going to do this a little bit uh, sort of from my perspective. I don't know if we officially have a formal definition. We do, actually. Gossip is a casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving the details which are not confirmed as true. That's the dictionary definition. So kind of talking about people and, and, you know, it, it probably isn't true, that type of thing. Whereas a rumor is a circulating story of a report or uncertain or doubtful truth. So those are dictionary definitions, but that doesn't always work in the real world. And so, Michael, help us out with real world definitions of gossip and rumor, please. I'm glad uh, you read those because that's similar to at least the way I see it and, and the way I perceive it. When when I think of gossip, I, I typically think of you know one person talking about another person. Uh, and the the distinction I always like to make is that uh, the, the, the purpose of the conversation is not to either evaluate or critique with the intent of helping them. You know, sometimes managers will talk to somebody and say, hey, you know, I know Joe is working on your project. I just want to collect some feedback, see how he's doing. We're working on uh, really elevating him to the next level. Uh, what are things that I could, uh, you, know, uh, you know, help Joe with or learn more about, right? How, how could I help Joe, right? Uh, I don't see that necessarily as gossip. Right. That is really the intent there is to try to to uh, uh, help an individual and, and get some feedback. Gossip typically is, like you said, discussion of things that aren't proven to be true. Um, and oftentimes the intent is uh, if it's not positive, it's it's neutral to negative. Right. It's the hey, guess what story I heard about so and so or hey, you know, I heard from this client that they don't really like so and so that kind of conversation. That's really gossip. So I also think about gossip, you know, in comparison to rumor, gossip is usually about people, an individual and something that they are or did or whatnot. Rumors are generally, for me, you know, the stories or or something that's out there. So in, for instance, in practical terms, I was on a project team and we had tight deadlines. We had to drive to get to done and the project team all of a sudden flipped into this rumors thing, talking about the potential of getting reorg. And so no one really had any, you know, concrete evidence that there would be a reorg, 
but someone heard something from someone else about this that it might happen. And talk about derailing an entire project team meeting. And so, so that that's the way I I um, help to kind of differentiate between gossip and, and rumor. Gossip is at a personal level. Rumor is more at an organizational level. Josie, your thoughts? I absolutely agree. Uh, it, it tends to be negative. Uh, it's it's definitely not a positive way of uh, uh, communicating in the workplace or in your personal life, even. So that gets us to innuendo. What a great word. Yeah. So what we have on that is an elusive or oblique remark or hint, typically a suggestive or disparaging one, i.e., we all know that plan's going to work out great. Hashtag eye roll. <laughs> we hear people on a daily basis. Well, hopefully not that often. But, uh, you know, somebody will say, oh, they're coming onto the project. Uh, that's going to be good. <laughs> but, you know, you, you hear the... You, you, you hear the uh, the inflection in their voice, which indicates they're 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 producing this innuendo that uh, indicates that they don't approve of that person coming onto the project. So if you are in, um, so if as operating under commitment based management, we provide no opening for grit, and I will extend that to say you shut down the grit. So. Your example, oh, that person's coming along to the project. So you, working under the CBM principles, what would you say uh, to stop that grit at that very moment, Michael? I mean, what what is it that you say to stop it? It isn't. It, it's similar to if you hear a racist joke and you just let it fly, you're participating. What do we do to stop the innuendo? Yeah, using that as an example, you know, I always listen to people's tone and the context within which they're they're kind of communicating. Uh, And I would simply ask them, sounds like you have a concern about, you know, let's call it Paul, right? Sounds like you have a concern about Paul, you know, care to share? Uh, Because I want to hear what they have to say first and foremost before I say something like, well, you know, too bad you had that concern or you heard that rumor or whatever, but let's uh, maybe take uh, take into consideration that none of us have ever interacted or worked with Paul on a project like this at a time like this. And even if what you are, are claiming might be have been an issue in the past, we all learn and grow, right? So we're going to give him a free a a a, a, a fair start uh, and a fair shot on the project, right? So sort of shut it down and also sort of reframe the context uh, for the other person and, and point out the obvious, right? <laughs> Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. Everybody learns and grows and as far as I'm concerned, if I haven't had a bad interaction with the person, that, that doesn't mean I should be blind to, you know, other people having poor interactions, but I need to evaluate things based upon what I can assess to be true and on my interaction with them. So our, our last um, our last um, uh, definition here on triangulation, Manip- manip- a manipulation tactic where one person will not communicate directly with another person, instead using a third person to relay communication to the second, thus forming a triangle. It is also a form of splitting, in which one person manipulates a relationship between two parties by controlling communication between them. Wow, how often do we see that? Yeah, that's another uh, textbook definition. So um, this is one of those where the definition almost complicates it. So... Um, I have some great examples, but uh, Michael, put it in layperson's terms for us, would you? 
Oh boy. I don't know if I can put it in layperson's terms that that well, but I've seen this, you know, uh, both when you run a business, uh, you know, you have multiple people that report to you, really any kind of management structure, uh, and they oftentimes don't always agree. And, and frankly, in healthy companies, that's what you want, right? If everyone shares the same ideas and opinions, then you get no value out of having five people versus, you know, uh, one. And so you want them to disagree, but you want them to be able to, to be able to work through it themselves. And oftentimes what they do is run to the boss. So I've had scenarios where, you know, a salesperson's in my office telling me about how a customer is going to be upset if the delivery people don't do X, Y, and Z. And then the delivery guys are like, oh, the salesperson is, you know, making promises we can't deliver on, right? Uh, when that happens, and especially if somebody comes to me to uh, not necessarily complain for action, but complain, <laughs> I always ask them, well, what did what did the other person say when you told them that, right? Because more often than not, that's that's the way I, I, I it, it comes to my desk. It's, hey, I was talking to Bob and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, I don't really like that response. Here's why. And I'll say, okay, well, what did they say when you talked to them about it? And typically they'll say, I didn't. Uh, And I'll say, well, then you need to go talk to them because I really can't help you. Um, And oftentimes the comeback that I hear is, well, I just want to get your advice. And and my response is, my advice is you go talk to them. Because at the end of the day, that's how you shut down this, that kind of triangulation. So, I mean, that's one work example, a fairly straightforward one. I don't know. Do you guys have ones? I'm sure you run into this with clients too, right? For what it's worth, I actually run into this in, in the nonprofit world just as much, if not more, than in the business world. Because people are so passionate about the nonprofits that they're involved in. So I'll give you two examples. The first one was um, a mom on the Swim Booster Club. She would, um, and it took me years to practice this because I actually was pretty naive and believed everything that everyone always said for quite some time. And I always thought, oh, they're speaking on behalf of them. How nice. Well, then uh, this one mother would always say, all of the boys want to have blah, blah, blah. And it was this pin that that she said that all the boys wanted to wear, and it looked like a funeral memorial pin. And so my boys came home. I had two boys on the swim team, and they're like, oh, Mrs. So-and-so wants us to wear these. These are awful. So then when the woman says to me, all of the boys want to wear these, I said, really? Which boys said that to you? And it was just dead quiet. I said, well, well, no, because I, I kind of want to get feedback and figure out and we can decide if we vote on it. Which boys specifically said that to you? And she never could respond and she just went away. The other, the other example I had was when I served on a board of a nonprofit, we had a squeaky wheel that would keep coming to me. She was a very influential woman. And she would say, all of the people want us to do da 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 And I said, who are the, these people? I really need to talk to them directly and address this egregious concern. Please give me their names. And then all of a sudden, there's nothing that could be said. So those are the different examples that I've had. And to say who said it, I'd like their names. And then you have to be ready to go to those people to to take out that third piece of the triangle and and get the feedback directly because feedback is a gift and it isn't like we want to shut people up we just want the communication to be true and directly from the source dare i tread into the uh into the world outside of work and, and personal life and family life 
but you could write entire books uh, about triangulation with the experience I had with uh, having a blended family. You know, the Brady Bunch situation, right? Where, um, you know, you, you, you marry later in life when you already have kids and, and it's a house full of teenagers. The experience and the amount of triangulation that was encountered and, and every day we tried to fight because about that time is when I was building this initiative and, and learning all about grit and learning about triangulation and, and what it does and, you know, how to prevent it. And, and uh, it was a very, very interesting challenge. And um, I dealt with it on a daily basis because uh, um, kids did not want to talk to other kids or kids did not want to talk to that other parent, you know, the step parent. It became uh, a, a very difficult. Uh, um, challenging situation, but uh, uh, obviously we got through it. So, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, to relate it to the work world, you see it on the project teams where people will say, "Well, here's what I heard. Here's what I heard from the testing group, or here's in terms of testing," and yet they may not even be in the testing group. And so, I, I think the same tactic applies in terms of. Well, who from testing said that? We really need to talk to them about that. Because if you just go along with this triangulation, what you're doing is you're trusting someone who's actually lying. And I'm like, how bad is that? So you really want to get to the source of the information. And, and you know, it takes a little bit to figure out who said it and what was said. But once you get to the source, I'll tell you what, it's way more efficient than if you believed a lie that someone else spoke on behalf of someone else. Yeah, these are great examples. I think um, um, something we need to talk a little bit about is, is um, you know, what do we do when when we see it? Uh, and I'm thinking of um, a, a time um, years ago where I went out to lunch with a bunch of people and immediately the conversation turned to, and this is not this company, by the way, Michael, <laughs> this is a previous company, uh, everybody was talking about the client, individuals at the client and, and all the quirks and all of the things that uh, they found irritating and, and, and difficult. And, and that lunch became this reoccurring thing that would happen uh, every time we went out to that restaurant. It, it was like, um, come on, do we really have to talk about these people again? And, and do we really have to drag them through the mud? Can we not talk about how to maybe potentially make it a better situation for all of us? Right. I mean, we can think of situations that we've been in where we need to um, nip it in the bud or perhaps uh, mitigate the situation or steer the conversation. Right. I mean, your thoughts. I really like it when I'm at clients and I've learned, you know, as a consultant that just because the first person that talks to you about someone doesn't mean it's actually correct. And you, you take that, you gain that information, and then you go and you talk to the other person that the person was speaking about. And then you gain more experience and knowledge. Whereas so many times people are triangulating without even wanting to, uh, to disparage the other person. They're trying to help you out. And so, um, so anyway, that's, that's something that I've learned at as, as a consultant, just because someone says, hey, so-and-so is like this, they're actually trying to help me get on board, 
But when I go and meet with that person, I have to realize, okay, I'm now talking to this other person for the first time. I need to have an open mind and not take everything as gospel what that other person said. I, I think of the example where I was at a client and uh, I was the change management consultant. And I had the technical team lead come up to me and said, Lars is just bugging me. Gus, you need to go and change manage him. And I, and it turned out that the person I had to go change manage actually had more accurate information, but how he spoke was super annoying and it distracted from the fact that he actually had all the data correct. And so once I got to that person, I was like, yeah, this this person has the correct things to say, but he doesn't say it in a way that someone wants to hear it. So I was able to change manage him by getting rid of this triangulation. Yeah, Joe, you actually brought up a good point that, um, you know, there, there are a lot of times where we have to try and figure out how to nip it in the bud. And when you, when you see it happening, and one of the things that, you know, always occurs to me is if somebody is triangulating, like let's say they come and they're like, hey, I want to talk to you about so-and-so, right? Um, a lot of times I try to start with assuming positive intent on their part and not assuming that they're trying to do anything that's necessarily malicious or harmful. Um, and oftentimes people will complain because they're frustrated, but they don't necessarily know how to complain for action, meaning they don't know how to actually request what it is that they want to see different or improved. And they're talking to you or to me in this case about it in part to get their voice heard. And in part, I, I just look at it like, well, you must be talking to me because you're looking for help. Right. And so one way of sort of sort of stopping it in its tracks is saying, OK, thanks for sharing. Now, either how can I help you or what have you tried to do uh, to talk to you know person A uh, to see, you know, what they uh, you know, you know, what their thoughts, you know, did you talk to them and did they shut you down? And, and a lot of times they'll say no. I'll say, would well, you need any help or coaching with that? No. Well, sounds like you have a good handle on the problem. Let me know how it goes. Right. Very quickly, you could just, you know, don't assume that they're that they're doing anything dastardly, but they want to reach out, they want to connect, and they want to talk about it. Well, fair enough. I'll assume you have positive intent, and I'm going to redirect it right back into you pointing to them to solve the problem. Um, you know, you don't need to necessarily uh, involve myself or others. And I, I find a lot of times. When you do that, if you say, well, you should go talk to so-and-so about it, if the person doesn't take action on it, it clearly wasn't that big of a deal. And I think it's, it's a safe assumption. You know, they may have, for whatever reason, gone home and rethought it and decided, yeah, you know what, maybe I am being sensitive about this and I, I don't need to address it. I can I can kind of move on. That's fine. That's their, that's between them. You know, I really like the uh, what you just said when you said assume positive intent. I kind of wish we had that on our list of uh, interaction principles. I, uh, I admire that, and, uh, and I think that uh, a lot follows from that, that, uh, that, that would avoid uh, some of the negativity, right? Um, and then you hope that, of course, that individual does have positive intent. So, Yeah, well, and a lot of times if you assume positive intent and you, and you start talking to them in that vein, it's very easy to, to figure out if they do or don't. Because they're either going to take take these suggestions and run with it, or they're going to go, no, 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 you don't know that's not going to work. Let me tell you why that won't work. Like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> you you said you wanted to fix this problem between you guys. I'm, you know, I'm giving you the runway to fix it. Go fix it. <laughs> so.
So I think that's sometimes where that's sometimes where that happens. But definitely uh, identifying it, figuring out how to stop it or stall it in its tracks, and backing out of it, I think, is really important. Because the more the longer you stay involved in in somebody that's triangulating with another person, uh, the the worse it potentially could get. Right. So one of the things I was also going to suggest, though, um, which I think is helpful for people that are in a, a management capacity. Uh, if they have, you know, say, and even if you're a project manager and you got multiple people on a project, if they're triangulating and kind of coming to you one at a time, one of the things I uh, will will say to folks is, well, it sounds like, you know, uh, Jane, you and, and Paul uh, have something to work out. My request is that the two of you meet, that you come to a conclusion or a solution, and that both of you come back and present it to me by Friday. And if you can't, then both of you come back to me and present to me exactly what the issue is and exactly what uh, you guys are struggling between, you know, with between you. And we'll talk through what's missing and possible and come up with a solution we can all live with. Um, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but I find that to be uh, in a managerial capacity. Often that's really powerful because you give the two of them permission to disagree because that's okay. Reasonable people disagree and to talk about it amongst themselves. And then to come talk with me saying, Hey, we disagree. We've got a, a difference of opinion on, on how we want to proceed. And uh, in particular, in this scenario, it's something that uh, is germane, you know, Michael, to your domain. And, and let's talk about it. So what about uh, situations where we're outside the company uh, networking events or, um, you know, uh, interactions that occur uh, on a day to day basis? Yeah, that uh, I think that happens often. Um, and again, sometimes it really is uh, for people have positive intent with it. For example, I got a call a couple of weeks ago from another business owner here in town who uh, had found out that I was connected to somebody on LinkedIn and they were going to follow up with them, uh, you know, or we're going to reach out to them. And uh, they called me beforehand and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just curious how well you know Bob. Um, and uh, because I got this introduction to Bob, I want to give him a call. But I've, I've heard some things about Bob. I'm not really all that, you know, all that sure about him. And I'll say, hmm, okay. So first off, when I hear something like that, I think, okay, assume positive intent. He didn't decide to take time out of his day to pick up his phone and, and gossip with me or slander some guy. He probably is actually curious and he's heard some things that he knows are rumors because they're not true or they may not be true. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to get them verified. So I assume, okay, he's in sort of fact-checking mode. And I listen to whatever it is he says and, and if I have had the same or similar experience, I can truthfully then relate that to him. Otherwise, and this is most often the case, I will say, oh, well, sorry you heard that about him. In my interactions with him, he, I know, I've talked to him three times. So this is what happened the first, this is the second, this is the third. I haven't seen anything like that. So I've had nothing but good experience with him. Uh, oftentimes, I find that not only stops the gossip and rumor in, in its tracks, but also uh, allows you to speak very authentically from your own personal experience without getting wrapped up in what somebody else's rumor is and without speculating, right? It's oftentimes, sometimes I, I find people do that as well. Well, someone will share some information and I'll go, oh, you know what else I heard is this. And then next thing you know, the two of them are speculating about what may be going on and it really has no basis in reality. So um, I find that happens oftentimes outside of work. Um, and a, a great you know technique, again, is just, speak from your own experience. And if you've had no experience with the person, then you have nothing to say. So in a situation, a managerial situation where you have uh, two individuals on your team 
that insist on coming to you and and providing you know or doing uh, uh, sorry performing triangulation or <laughs> your experience trying you're experiencing triangulation with those two individuals. Um, what is a way to work through that, in your opinion? Sure. Yeah. What I've found successful um, is that, uh, and again, especially in a managerial uh, uh, capacity, people obviously want to fulfill their commitments to their boss. When I've asked, you know, say, for example, an HR person to do something, I've asked a finance person to do something, I don't always realize that it may, when they go to carry out their commitment to me, it may re- result in them, you know, colliding or, or you know, having differences that I, I didn't even see coming. And so sometimes they'll come to me one on one and I'll ask them to talk through it with with the other person and come up with a solution. You know, so at the end of the day, it's like if you have differences of opinion, that's good. That's healthy. I also coach them to say, I, I think that person's coming at it from this perspective. I, I hear this person from that perspective. Can the two of you please talk through this? And I'll oftentimes make it a very specific request. Right. This is the issue you both brought up. You both have differences of opinion. I, I trust you. You guys can work together on this. Uh, please meet, come up with a, a solution that you both can live with, or multiple options, uh, and then set up a meeting to follow up with me within the next, say, week or so. Uh, oftentimes, I find that just that alone, they realize, okay, we're not going to be able to keep, uh, you know, going to Michael and, and trying to negotiate our, our side of the story. Uh, we're going to have to sit down and talk. Um, and, and then I oftentimes, and this is sort of my own, uh, you know, sort of humorous way of of uh, suggesting to them that it's a good idea for them to work together, is I'll say, because if you want to come back to me together without a solution, I'll be glad to pick one and you might not like it. <laughs> so sort of sort of a little nudge in the right direction. Now, they, I don't want to I don't want to threaten people, obviously, but just let them know, hey, guys, really, you can work it out. You don't need me for this. And uh I think usually that goes a long way. So in today's discussion, we talked about uh, um, eliminating, what, what is the exact term? I wanted to use the same one that I used before. Sorry. Provide no opening for grit. So there's no opening for gossip, rumors, innuendo, or triangulation. And if you have any of those within the project team or within your organization, you're going to become ineffective you're going to have a low team cohesiveness because you're not going to have people um on the same page if they're going to be talking about one another so really in looking at uh, commitment-based management interaction principle number three providing no opening for grit the benefit is you are going to communicate more effectively and efficiently as a team and as an organization, if you're not gossiping, if you're not listening to rumors, if you're not hearing innuendos, or you're not allowing people to speak on behalf of others without confirming if they're true or not. In my experience, this has been probably one of my favorite interaction principles is because it's as, as a student of communication, and as an adjunct professor of communication, I use this all the time. And uh, it's hard to go throughout a day without interacting or communicating with people on the project team. And so that's really the benefit that I've seen with providing no opening for grit. So thank you for listening to this um, episode four of Digineer Presents. Michael Lacey, thank you so much for coming on today. 
Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. It was a, a lot of fun. And uh, stay tuned for uh, our, our next episode as we do um, episode five. And uh, that episode will be to complain for action. This is Gus Broman. And I'm Joe Colomina. And make sure you follow uh, Digineer on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a topic for a future episode, let us know. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Digineer Presents, brought to you by Digineer. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and look for Digineer and all those social media platforms. We look forward to hearing from you.